Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) All things sleep and parenting and blossom early learning are here to talk today about Pam and Heidi. What are we talking about? transitioning our little ones to their own bedroom so this is you know at that six 12 month age stage where um we want to start independent sleep in their own space so like sleeping on their own in their own bedroom or in the nursery even if even if you're still rocking them you can still transition them but yes most of the time people are doing this because they want to teach independent sleep for sure yeah Mm -hmm. sorry i didn't mean independent sleep like falling asleep on their own i meant like independently sleeping like ah yes yes sorry sorry i know i felt like when i said that it was going to come out misunderstood um so the topic today is moving our little ones from our room into their own space so as i said typically this can happen anywhere between six and 12 months the recommendation is 12 months um it used to be six months some families choose to have baby in their own room right from the beginning some families change move baby at three months it it um the recommendation is because it can help reduce uh, the incidences of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. Um, but we do find a lot of families, especially with our really loud sleepers um, and light sleeping moms, that they everyone tends to get a little bit better sleep when there's a little bit more space in between them. Yeah, so that's something that we usually encourage our families to do a little bit of research about. Find the decision that works for you. And then, you know, make that, make that move when you are ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the very first thing, what we want to do, so this is regardless if your little one's three months, 12 months, 18 months, and they're moving into their own space. The very first thing we want to do is start with room and crib play. And we do have a full episode. Um, I think it's one of the earlier ones all about room and crib play. But the idea is, is we're allowing our little ones to get comfortable in the space, to recognize the space, to feel safe and secure in that space. So the more time we can play with them in that room, the more time we can offer them to explore the room, the more comfortable they're going to feel in that room. Yeah, because the biggest part for them is that they're not really familiar with this new sleep space that you're putting them to bed in. So making sure that they are comfortable in there before you decide to move them is super duper important. And to be honest, this dis- this transition is usually a lot easier on the babies than it is on us parents. So for some of us, making this transition can be a really um, stressful period or it can it can bring some sadness or some anxiety of course because you're no longer sleeping with your baby beside you or in your bed yeah, right I find that huge that a lot of um especially moms are uh, baby's ready baby's going to be fine mom's yeah. not i'm it's, just like how do i have him sleep in the other room on the other side of the house or even just across the hall like i don't know how i'm going to do that Yeah, the feeling that it brought me. So when I thought about doing it and when I was getting ready to make the transition, mine were six months and that was just like the age that I felt most comfortable with. So that's when I transitioned them. Um, This is when it was still saying six months, but 
regardless, that's when I <laughs> felt more comfortable making the transition, right? So before I even started, I just, the feeling that it gave me to think about moving them was, I was anxious, but mm -hmm. also I was just saddened. It yeah. was so strange. Just, I was like heartbroken that I was going to be moving my babies into the next room. <laughs> but it makes sense to me. Like you carry them in your body. Mm -hmm. for you know nine to ten months if it's a full-term baby and then they're sleeping in the same room with you yeah. forever that That's you've known them their whole life <laughs> their whole life yeah <laughs> and then it's just it's just so hard it really is literally stretching that umbilical cord it's hard oh it is I know and then the way that my house was set up like our bedroom is at the back and then the children's bedroom is mm -hmm. not very far from ours but it's more towards the stairs. And so, of course, that brings some anxiety. Am I going to yeah. hear if somebody breaks into the house and goes yeah. and into their rooms? Am I going to hear it? And I, yeah. mean, I hear everything. So I, I don't know why I was even worried about that. I wake up if somebody, you know, rolls over in their bed sometimes. Well, but... you know, there's going to be that one time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, those intrusive thoughts were still coming in, right? Yeah. But yeah, it was it was such a hard transition for me to even think about it. I was so sad. I was so heartbroken. I finally bit the bullet and I made the transition and I eased myself into it. So we have a lot of families asking us, do I need to sleep in the room with my baby when I first make this transition? And my answer is always, you don't have to, like, it's not for them. It's for you. Yeah. So for me, doing it a little bit slowly helped ease my mind and helped me into the transition. Um, but once I got my own room back, it was like, oh, I was able to take a shower without worrying about, I could take a shower at any time, at any time. And I didn't have to worry about waking someone up. You yes. know, I, I could move around freely in my bed without having to worry about waking somebody up. I could watch TV at night if I wanted to. I felt like I just got all this freedom back that I hadn't had in a while, right? So those feelings of intense sadness and anxiety turned to like, wow, I felt <laughs> like, you know. Well, you get your own space back too, though, yeah. right? We, we don't really have a lo whole lot of space, especially the more children you have, that in the house that's just yours. And your bedroom sometimes is that space where you can like, ah. So when you have a baby in there and you're tiptoeing to get your pajamas and you're tiptoeing to brush your teeth and, you know, your husband sneezes and you're like, stop it, what are you doing? You wake up that baby, you know, and then to just be what? like, we can't sneeze anymore. <laughs> yeah. People who like come in and like, turn on the light and get into pajamas and I was like oh my gosh this is read with a like a light on oh it was yeah so <laughs> I was at the point where I in order to not wake them when they were sleeping beside me was I had to take all of my clothes out and get ready in the other bathroom like a bathroom that wasn't really my own you know, I had to make sure that all my things were out and into the other bathroom before I put the baby to bed, wow, you know, planning and prepping so much planning. So it was so great when I finally did it. But getting there was a little bit of a challenge for me just mentally with my own battling with my own inner demons, right? Yeah. Um, 
So the how to make this transition, really, you can do it all at once if you want to just, you know, as long as you prep them a little bit by doing that room and crib play that Pam spoke about. But you can do, you know, okay, we're choosing this day to do it. And then all naps and bedtime are in their own room as of that day. Some littles will do really well with that. They're like, okay, great. I hung out in this room. Oh, we're back in here. Awesome. And like have yeah. no issue moving to a new room. That not even a problem. They're just going to, great, fantastic. Not a problem. I am good. Whereas yeah. other children, their temperament, uh, your child's temperament is always going to come into play. Of course, how you're perceiving it, right? Your confidence and what you're projecting is going to matter as well. But but your child's temperament is going to play a big piece in this. And for a little one who is highly sensitive to changes, so... Um, you know, those highly observant children who are like, ah, wait a second, lady, you're not standing in the right spot yesterday. Right. This wall. Yeah. Like if I, if I'm facing, you know, so Oscar was on my shoulder facing the left side. And one day I decided to face the right side. He's like, yeah, I'm not putting my head down. I am taking everything in. This is new scenery lady. <laughs> right. So those are those, whereas like, Alexa didn't really care. Like she was like, whatever you're on, I'm on your shoulder. I'm in your arms. We're in my room. I know what I'm, ha I know what's happening. Right. Um, so your child's temperament really is going to come into play with that. So, um, older children as well can sometimes have a little bit of a harder time with that transition to their own room. Um, uh, older babies I'm saying, uh, will can sometimes have a harder time just because they are very aware of your space, my space. They're starting to kind of like, Hey, what's going on over here why is this so different I don't want to be in my own um crib mattress on my own crib mattress I want to be over there with you on yours mm -hmm. so if exactly. we do have little ones who um if we do have little ones who are more on that sensitive side to changes, then you can take it slow, right? You can start with just naps. And if we have little ones who were just trying to get practicing napping in their, in their crib, we'll start with the first nap. Um, yeah. And then see how that goes and we'll move up to second nap. If we have a little one who we want to start transitioning to their rooms, Again, there's different levels of those steps. If if you feel like your little one needs really small steps, if you need really small steps, start with one nap, get baby adjusted, and work your way up. If if um, it really it really helped me to start with naps in yeah. their own sleep space, and I started that probably around four months, I I think, or three months with my daughter, maybe four months with my son, um, and then I was able to you know test out the waters for myself. How do I feel about this? I was able to work through my own feelings before they were in there for the whole night, right? So if you can, you you can absolutely start with naps first. Yeah. And then that's, that's, there's no like, you have to do this by this time. Allow your little one to get comfortable. If, if naps are going really well, then okay, great. Let's do bedtime. If, if it takes them a week to adjust to those naps in the crib, that's okay. Let them take that time to adjust to sleeping in that new space and mm -hmm. then throw in your overnights. Um, it doesn't have to be done. There's no, you have to do it in three days or you have to do it in seven days. Just follow your little one's cues. If they need extra steps, take it a little bit slower. Um, you do want to be mindful. The flip side of that is like, if you take it too slow, they're like, oh, okay, 
let's build some consistency here because this inconsistent, sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm over here. I'm just not getting that chance to really get comfortable with my sleep space. Yeah. So it's that, that fine line that you do want to be mindful of there. If um, you do, if you have a baby who doesn't do well with in-betweens as well. So yeah. if you have a baby who, you know, might be a little bit more on the alert and aware side and, you know, doesn't really they need a lot more consistency than perhaps just biting the bullet and doing all sleep periods in there. But you really get to see a little bit more of that when you try it. So if you try naps and it's just not going very well and you know, you can, you can see that you're having a lot of ups and downs, then it's just time to take that cue and say, okay, we need to just do this for all sleep periods now. Yeah, I would say like a couple of weeks in, if if you're not seeing any, if you're still seeing like that, not necessarily distress, but discomfort or or not wanting to be, um, not wanting to be put into bed, or if you're finding that you're starting to see a lot of, um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, guys. Not wanting to be put into bed, you're gonna do a lot of that crib play. Um, but nope, it's gone. Never mind. <laughs> That's okay. There if you're something. seeing a lot of those ups and downs, I think is what you're saying. And you're seeing yes. that sleep is just falling apart. Then you know that you want to just move do forward. all naps in there. Yeah. Move yeah. forward with everything so that there's no in between for your little ones. So they're not wondering if they're going to be here or there or everywhere, right? You just make it super consistent for them. Yeah. Yeah. And this is more so with our younger guys. I think, I think the transition, if we start talking transition toddler preschoolers, I think that might even be a, an, an episode in itself, just because mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot more prep we want to talk about. There's a lot more of the emotional pieces from their end as well. And there's a lot more of that confidence building. So oh, yeah, for toddlers and preschoolers, there's so much more that you can do with like reading books and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. we can do a yeah. whole episode on that. We'll do a second episode for our older guys, but for our littler guys, mm -hmm. um, that takeaway of that of starting small if you need to, um, starting with the naps, then moving into bedtimes, or just jumping in and doing it, depending on your child, um, is definitely up to you. Both ways work. Um, that's that's not the issue, right? Is it's just getting them comfortable, getting them feeling confident in that space. Uh, sometimes we'll hear, you know, my little one hates their crib. How am I supposed to even? get them to sleep in it when they hate it so much. That's where we're going to come back to that crib and room place. So if you have a little one who's crying when they're going into the crib, um, who's really just doesn't seem to like their space, uh, definitely listen to that episode for sure. Yeah. And, oh, oh I was just going to yeah. say, so when I did it with mine, I decided that I needed to sleep in there with them for the first couple of nights, mm -hmm. right? And I knew, for you too. yeah, I knew that it wasn't for them. I knew that they were going to be totally fine with it and that they did not need me in there. But I, for me to, to get rid of a little bit of that anxiety, I yeah. needed to just sleep in there for a couple of nights. So we had a bed in my son's room. I slept in there for, you know, the first couple of nights. And then what I started to do is I stayed out until the feed, like in the middle of the night or one, two o'clock in the morning. And then I slept in there from two o'clock in the morning, let's say until, until 
you know, wake up time for the day. And then after a couple of nights of that, I slept on the couch because that was a little closer than my room. And this just, <laughs> this might be over the top. Absolutely. And it, it probably was over the top, but, it but it's what you me. needed. So it is. I don't think it is over the top at all. It's the transition that you needed. Yeah, exactly. And like he did totally fine moving to his <laughs> own room and so did my daughter. She couldn't care less. Right. But for so me, funny. Yeah, yeah. And with her, I didn't sleep in the room with her. It was with my son, but my postpartum anxiety was through the roof at that point right so for me that's what I needed to ease myself into it and then I was comfortable sleeping in my own bedroom you know and that's when I was like yes I've got all this freedom this is great and then I started loving it after but to work myself through that I had to ease into it and funnily enough when we were just talking about the different types of temperaments when we moved that bed out of his room like when I was done with having the needing the bed being in there and we moved that bed out of his room he noticed and he was six months old you oh, know wow. so just to show you that yes different temperaments yeah. play a role in everything and um although he didn't fight the transition to his own bed and his own room he did okay with that because you know, I did prep him for it. And I changed his diapers in that room right from birth. We sat in there sometimes for story times for reading for doing all those things. And so by the time he was, you know, we did crib play, we did all that, right from the get go. So by the time he was, you know, it was time to sleep in there, it was just another sleep space for him, right. But I couldn't have done like I started with some naps and putting him in there just to test the waters with him because he was so alert and so aware I had to move on to all sleep periods in there faster than I did with my daughter. Yeah. I remember, I remember that too, actually. So fun. (laughs) Um, Oscar was, so we only have three bedrooms upstairs. And at that time uh, the girls were in one bedroom and AJ had the other bedroom and AJ and Oscar are only like 16-ish months apart. So I wasn't ready. So Oscar's crib was in our room. And I wasn't ready to have, you know, Oscar at six months and AJ at two um, sharing a room just yet. AJ was a great sleeper. But my concern was like, hey, buddy, want to play? And there's going to be toys thrown into the crib. Or like, I'll help you get out and like pulling limbs through bars and stuff. So Oscar <laughs> ended up staying in our room until he was like 16 by that point they uh, AJ was old enough um Oscar was a little bit older if a toy was thrown in he could at least dodge it you know that kind of stuff um so at 16 months when Oscar left I was like yeah heavens opened up I was like like I turned on my light I I still remember like turning on the light when I came into the bedroom and I was like oh my goodness this is so exciting I just turned on the light like I'm not trying to like find my stuff because I wasn't prepared enough in time to take stuff out with me and this big weight has been lifted off your shoulders and back and just like true it's like nobody's home and you can walk around naked that's, that's exactly what it felt like. I was like, Rich, look at me. I'm reading a book and I'm using like a nightlight or like a, a lamp to, to, to read with. And, oh, it was so funny. And like, yeah, turning on the TV, like, oh my goodness. Even that was yeah. like, 
This is so exciting. I know. I'm going upstairs to watch a show in bed. I know. So fun. <laughs> so fun. Um, what was Rich's reaction? He was like, yeah, I can see you. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably feeling the same way. Yeah, no, he secretly. was so excited to get him out because it was, um, it, yeah, like anytime he would make noises or whatever, and I'd be like, shh don't wake up the baby. And then he also hated the sound machine. He, Rich hated oh, yeah. the sound machine, um, which we use for all of our kids. Uh, well, used. Um, but he absolutely hates it. So for him, having that sound machine in our bedroom was like torture. Um, so getting rid of that, he was thrilled with that. <laughs> that was his big piece. Um, and then I just wanted to offer just a couple of quick tips. So um, if your little one has been putting themselves to sleep already, and you're moving to the room and they need a little bit extra support, try and offer that support without going back to rocking or feeding or bouncing to sleep, right? Like yeah. you've done that work of having your little one falling asleep on their own. Just because you've moved rooms, you don't want to go all the way back to the beginning. You want to, you, you want to think of it as like a little bump. We're going to get, help them get adjusted and then sleep is going to get back on track again. Yeah. With consistency, they'll get back on track. Yeah. But if you go backwards, now you're creating something that they are going to need again. So think yeah. about that before you start responding too frequently or too much, right? Yeah. Well, we, we are really uh, big over helpers. We, we sometimes forget how much our children can do and it's faster, easier for us to do it. So it's just like, okay, I'll just hurry up and get you back to sleep. You need to be sleeping. You need to be sleeping. You're not getting the right amount of sleep. You're, you're interrupted sleep now, um, mm -hmm. or it's taking you longer to fall asleep. So I'm just going to put you to sleep. So you get that sleep. But what we're doing is easily creating new habits and especially if your little one is old enough to you know six months plus they're really gonna understand like oh so this is how it goes new room <laughs> now they're going back to feeding me to sleep this is awesome um so you definitely want to be mindful of that so you still can offer support um you can still respond just be very mindful of how you were responding and making sure that you're not taking those steps back of going all the way back to the beginning of not being able to put themselves to sleep same goes for the middle of the night. If you've just worked on yeah. some night weaning or not feeding them quite as frequently or not feeding them at all at night and they wake up in the middle of the night because they're in a new room and, you know, it's just a change, you don't need to start feeding them again at night because that is quickly going to turn into something that they are expecting now, right? So whatever you are going to offer them to help them get back to sleep or to fall asleep, that becomes a new expectation very quickly. So if you yeah. don't want it to become a new expectation, respond to them a little bit, you know, give them a little bit more intervention if you have to that first night or two to get them used to it, but don't overdo it like Pam said. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's a big it's a big one. I I find especially if we have ones that have been fully night weaned who are no longer eating at night, um but then start waking at night, sometimes we, you know, again that like what's going to get you back to, to sleep the fastest, we start feeding them. And it really doesn't take long, three, three days, right, to create a new habit. So it doesn't take long, you start adding those calories. And that's going to be a very, um, very quick habit that's going to start back up again. So you just don't want to go back on the work that you've already done. For sure, there's going to be those little side steps where you have to offer a little bit more support. But just be mindful of that, how much support you're offering. If there's any
anything that you can do to reduce that amount of support and then and then working your way out the, the big goal is always to like work yourself out of that job right so um just being mindful of that that if sleep does fall off track as they're adjusting it takes time even if your little one um really is happy in their space and has no issues with it um they might still take a little bit to fully adjust to sleeping in a new room and away from you and away from the sounds so so being mindful of that um without creating new habits is is possible for sure and then bump and then back back sleep is back on track again okay great so we will work on having one for older children at some point yeah. in the near future but for now that is you know sums up how you can make that transition all in all the transition is harder for us adults than it really yeah. is for <laughs> our babies um so how, okay <laughs> exactly so however you do it with them whether you do it cold turkey and just get them into their own room or start with naps start with the bassinet in there and then put them into the crib. Those are all options. You don't have to follow a specific thing. The only thing we wanna make sure that you're doing is making sure that you're giving them that time of yeah. becoming familiar and more comfortable in that space before you just decide to change them into it. And that you're consistent with your approach once you get them in there, you're not going back to rocking them to sleep if you if they haven't already been rocked to sleep yeah that's a big one it thanks depends on your individual situation right like some yep. moms and i'm saying moms because they're the ones typically coming to class is like they're like i'm just so ready to do this yeah we're doing it yeah <laughs> we're doing exactly. it tonight dad's gone away for work for five days we're doing it tonight <laughs> yeah yeah. So whatever way feels right for you, that's the way to do it. Yep. 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 Okay. Well, we hope that helps. Let us know in uh, the comments. Be sure to join our Facebook All Things Sleep and Parenting group. Um, it's a group for families to come in and we offer Q&A. There's all sorts of use that search function because there's all sorts of information in there. This is a group that's been running for a few years. So if you search mine or Elisa's name with whatever topic or child's age, there's also topics on the side of it. There's tons of information. And then our website, of course, www.restfulparenting.com. We have the blog, lots and lots of information and articles, the YouTube channel, Restful Parenting on YouTube, lots of videos to help there. And then of course, don't forget all about our, our um, podcast episodes we have tons of parenting and sleep episodes uh, to help you guys through all of the fun stages and ages with your little ones and uh, stay tuned because I think we are going to be popping out some more of these quarantine isolation uh, podcasts for you guys thanks thanks guys bye <laughs>